Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Evolvepreneur Secret Show for Entrepreneurs, and I'm your host, Brian Silverthorne. It's always my mission to help entrepreneurs make a difference and navigate the sometimes messy world of startup growth or relaunch. And today we're going to dig deep with our guest and get you the best concepts and strategies to fast track your business. And our special guest today is Derek McManus. And Derek is a an Australian special ops police officer and a sniper. He's also a recovery driver, recovery diver, and a counter-terrorist operative. But he's got other things going on in his life, and I'm going to let Derek tell us about those. So uh, welcome to the show, Derek. And if you can please uh, give us a little background and get us to uh, how you arrived at what you're doing today. Thanks, Brian. I'm really quite looking forward to this interview. Uh, a little bit that we've uh, spoken about so far uh, in um, introducing me or uh, our familiarisation uh, has been really quite interesting. So I'm looking forward to this. My uh, my background, as I say, is South Australia Police, uh, essentially special ops. We don't call ourselves special ops, but that's the catch-all phrase that seems to make sense to people. Um, I was trained in uh, as a sniper. I was trained by the SAS as uh, in counter-terrorism. And I was uh, um, a tactical diver as well. So uh, essentially it was the equivalent of your Navy SEALs, a step above the SWAT teams. Um, we were uh, responsible for high-risk arrests, hostage siege situations, counter-terrorism. I was VIP security to the Queen when the Queen came out, witness protection, helicopter operations, um, cave rescues, mine rescues, high-rise building rescues, all those sorts of very exciting things, all the things that I love, but uh, my mother has a slightly different opinion. Um, <laughs> but uh, back in 1994, my section was tasked to go and arrest a guy who had a warrant for 197 counts of fraud. Fraud is not something that's normally associated with violence, but we knew this guy's history. We knew there was a potential. We went out there and he certainly started shooting. Uh, he fired 18 times with a Chinese military weapon, an SKK 7.62. Uh, he fired 18 times and hit me 14 times with either wow. bullets or shrapnel. And then I was lying on the ground for three hours, uh, managing those massive, massive injuries. I had uh, one bullet went through my left forearm and severed the artery in my left forearm, the radial artery. Another piece of shrapnel went into my right wrist and severed the ulnar artery in my right wrist. Two bullets into my stomach and I lost 45 centimetres of bowel all up. Two bullets in my left thigh and I, uh, I lost well, probably about 30% of the muscle in my left thigh. Missed the femoral artery by the width of a piece of paper. Uh, another bullet went through my right Achilles tendon, took out 80% of my Achilles for about uh, an inch, inch and a half. So I, even today, I still only have 20% of that Achilles holding together. Three bullets or bits of shrapnel went across the back of my left calf. One bullet or bit of shrapnel went uh, in behind my right knee. Uh, and then there were other minor bits and pieces. But <laughs> I, was hit, I was hit 14 times, you know, in consideration of those injuries. The rest is just minor. Yeah, um, but I was lying on the ground for three hours. And this is where the interesting bit comes in dealing with those injuries, certainly a severed artery uh, or two severed arteries. One, the, the minor, sorry, the uh, the right wrist where it was uh, hit with a piece of shrapnel, that piece of shrapnel stayed in there, so that blocked it and stopped it bleeding. 
but the left forearm, that severed artery, was just open, but for some reason just closed off itself. Uh, and I, you know, I don't know why it closed off. Doctors don't know why it closed off. Uh, I'm not the only person that this has happened for, so I'm not a miracle man as such, but um, doctors don't know how I survived for three hours. I've put it down to <clears throat> being able to control my mind and my body at a time of emotional, physical stress. Um, and the process that I've now used to describe that is what I call human durability. It's about going beyond resilience to sustaining optimal performance. Resilience is always a very important thing for people, uh, including myself, uh, because we always are going to be making mistakes. Uh, we're always going to need to know how to problem solve and bounce back from something. But most people think that that is the ultimate. That is what we uh, need to aim for, just to be able to solve problems and bounce back. If I'm resilient, uh, I'm good. I like to think that we actually want to go further than that. We want to get to a point where we are 100% reliable. Everything we do is going to go exactly the way we want it. We know there's going to be problems, but we know what the solution is before that problem um, happens. We also know the signs that tell us it's going that direction. And so we can actually cut it off before it actually goes that, that full direction. And everybody gets to this point at some stage in their life, and in fact, at several stages in their life. It's where we are the master of our craft. It's where we know exactly what we're doing and everything goes exactly the way we want it. And you can look at it you know, throughout childhood as we progress. When we first started tying our shoelaces, we weren't good at it. But now you don't even think about it when you tie your shoelaces. You are your master of your craft at that level. Then we go through, we get into sport, we get into business, we get into relationships. When we first start a relationship, the relationship, we're getting to know each other, we're not really sure what's going on, we try something, it doesn't quite work out, you know, and we have to adjust. And then we get to a point where we are just know each other so well, that's it, we're going to get married. But is marriage always smooth? Not quite. It certainly gets to that point where we absolutely love it. But to put it into a sporting analogy, uh, to give people a real concept of what happens, is if you started tennis at D grade, right, and you didn't know anything about tennis, you start as a little bit fragile, you don't know what you're doing, so you get some coaching, some guidance, you become reasonably good in, in D grade tennis, um, so that you can work out what people are doing, you can bounce back, you're okay, then you become the best and fairest, you get the trophy for the end of the year, um, you are the master of your craft. You know exactly what you're doing at D grade. But do you stay at D grade? No. They put you up to C grade. And when you've got up to C grade, are you the master anymore? No, you go back to being that middle of the road player because you're now playing with people who know more. Um, and you become resilient again. But if you're really keen and passionate, you will practice, you will train, you will learn, and you'll become the very best in C grade. And you'll get the best and fairest trophy in C grade. But do you stay in C grade? No. You then go up to B grade. And it goes on throughout life. And it's the same in our jobs. You know, we will get into a job, we will uh, become an apprentice, you become the best apprentice, and then you go out in business on your own. Do you know what you're doing? So this process happens all the time. We get to the point where we are 100% reliable, we are the master of our craft, and then we take on the next challenge. I, uh, I was speaking to some fighter pilots here in Australia uh, and they are you know, the equivalent of your top gun pilots. 
And when I describe that we get to be the master of our craft, because that's what these guys are. They are the top gun. They are the best of the best. And once we get to being the master of our craft, uh, we take that next level. And one of the pilots said, does this happen to everybody? Does everybody take this challenge and slide back and, and not be absolutely 100% reliable? And I said, yes, this happens to everybody. And he just said, oh, thank goodness for that. I thought it was just me. And this is what happens to people is once we get really, really good at something, we're scared to take on another challenge because we don't want to be seen as making mistakes. We don't want to be seen as vulnerable. We don't want to be seen as needing something because I am the master. I can't be seen as having a glitch in my armor. Uh, and it's a, the same challenge for a CEO. Once they get to be the CEO, they're supposed to have all the answers. And so this process, uh, there's a model for human durability. There's a continuum for human durability. Uh, I have two different models for resilience. Uh, there's a confidence building loop or two loops that I work with. Um, and so this process just gives people a greater concept of what it takes to grow throughout life. And it helps us perform physically, but it also helps us perform mentally as well. And I call it mental fitness, agility, and strength. Mental fitness, agility, and strength. Well, we uh, we certainly all learn from our experiences, but you've had an experience that's uh, unusual and unique and much more uh, dramatic and tragic than most of us. So, uh, uh, and you know, based on what you're saying here, what you learn from that is is certainly practical and valuable information. So, um, at the moment, uh, how are you uh, spreading the word about what you do? Is it primarily through speaking or coaching, or what is it that you? Uh, it's primarily doing. through speaking. So I speak at a lot of conferences, uh, either open a conference or close a conference. Uh, and that gives me a 45 minute to 60 minute window to tell the story, give people a really good insight. And believe me, as much as it's a dramatic story, it is hilarious. I have people cracking up laughing at the fact that I got shot 14 times, literally cracking up laughing. Um, but every time they laugh, there's a very poignant message attached to it. But so it's mainly through uh, speaking and running workshops. So I run workshops, anything from 90 minutes, which is a very condensed little workshop, and we get through a couple of little points, half day, full day, two day workshops. Uh, and I'm doing that around the world. I've been to America well, four times now. Um, I've been to um, Singapore, had a 4,000 person audience in Singapore. One company made me go to Fiji with them made me stay there for a week, made me stay in the six-star um, resort. So, you know, sometimes it's a struggle. That's too bad. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what it is mainly. I certainly do coaching as well, um, but my main avenue for getting it out is speaking at conferences or okay. running these in-house workshops. So how, do, how does an ideal source for you, whatever that may be, and I'm sure there's a wide variety, but but, but how do they find you to engage you in what you do? Okay, so the easiest way to engage me or connect with me is via email, uh, certainly from America. So um, if you can see the screen, it's uh, Derek at DerekMcManus.com. Spelling of that is, uh, is on the screen. Um, or engage with me on LinkedIn or Facebook or uh, one of the other social medias. Um, or just give me a direct call and... I love to hear from people who just have this idea of how could I do this better? And, and it's kind of a basic coaching call. 
Um, but people just ring me up and say, hey, listen, I've got this issue, and I love just talking about it. Okay, so are you? Um, do you do any um, proactive outreach? You say you, you know, you've got Facebook and a, um, you know, uh, Instagram and LinkedIn and other yeah. pages like that, but do you do, you do any uh, active outreach to attract them, or are you getting all the, the business that you need through those sources that you have? Um, at the moment, everything's coming through word of mouth. I uh, have engaged a PR company at one time uh, to do some PR marketing for me, um, but that uh, I'm not sure whether that was successful or not. Most of my work, I you know, I asked them, you know, where did you hear about me? Oh, listen, it was Tom down the road, or I saw you at a conference, or people were talking about it. We were having a meeting. Someone mentioned your name. So most of it is word of mouth. Okay, that, that that's always the best way to do it. So, I love it. yeah. So, I, ideally, in the next twelve months here, uh, do you mind sharing your revenue goals? So, I'd like to uh, take my business. I'm earning six figures at the moment, and I'd like to just increase it to higher six figures. Um, I don't have. I actually don't have revenue goals per se. Um, my goals are more around how many times I influence people. So uh, I, through the speaking events, obviously people pay me for that, but the payment is not the focus for me. So, you know, if a corporate engages me, then they will pay a corporate fee. But if I've got a not-for-profit that contacts me and says, oh, Derek, we don't have that budget. Okay, okay, what's your budget? Okay, you don't have this much? Okay, let's go even further down. So it's not about the revenue per se, it's about the number of times that I engage. Um, I'm engaging with people probably about three to four times a fortnight, so about eight times a month at the moment. I would like to increase that to double that at okay. least. So if you were able to double that, what, uh, what kind of impact would that have on your business and on your life for that matter? Well, the, the impact on the business would be just a uh, greater uh, presence, a greater awareness that I am there and what I do. The uh, human durability philosophy is brand new uh, to the world. So resilience is the main aim for people at the moment. So human durability, that ability to sustain optimal performance is brand new to the world to the extent that um, the University of South Australia School of Psychology have engaged with me to help me in research. Um, and so the impact that I would have is getting this higher philosophy out to people where they can actually achieve more but reduce their stress. So the impact for me is being able to pass on this message that helps people perform and help, helps people lower their stress. And when we lower our stress, our mental health is better and we enjoy the rest of our lives as well. And for me, that is the absolute ultimate. When I can see people enjoying themselves more while achieving more, then that's what the impact is for me. Yeah, that it doesn't get much better than that. No, that's right. In fact, on um, on my LinkedIn, I put up a post yesterday that um, society, when we look at values and happiness in life, society looks at your revenue and your job title. That's the main things that people look at. We're becoming more aware of time away from uh, work, time off and enjoying ourselves, how much we actually enjoy ourselves, our physical health and our mental health. 
And actually, in fact, those four are probably the most important that we should be focused on. Because mm -hmm. when we've got those right, it actually doesn't matter what our job title is or how much we get paid. Obviously, we've got to get money to be able to survive, but it's not the main focus. Um, and they become less important, but life becomes happier because we're having time off with our family, we're enjoying the work we do, our physical and mental health is in place. Um, and so that, you know, that's where it gets good for me. Yeah, I, mean, I, I get it. I was a policeman for 42 years and I'm now retired and I call myself the pensioner who works full time because I just love what I'm doing. Uh, and as I go back to saying, the revenue is not the most important thing for me. It's the impact. It's how much I enjoy myself. Okay. Well, then and talking about the impact that you're doing eight engagements per fortnight, did you say now? Yeah. Okay. And you want to double that to 16. Um, so we won't talk about money. We'll talk about engagements. Yeah. Uh, what do you think might be the biggest challenge uh, keeping you from getting to that level? Uh, the biggest challenge is just getting the word out there. Word of mouth is good, but word of mouth is generally slower, uh, which is why I engaged with the PR company. So uh, getting onto podcasts like this is absolutely invaluable to me. Uh, I'm in Australia. This is a message going out to uh, mostly USA, I would imagine, but obviously it's a global audience that you would have. Um, so getting that message out and people realizing that even though I'm in Australia, I come to America, I go to the UK, I go to Fiji, I go to Singapore, I go all over the world um, and I'm happy to do it. And it doesn't have to be a massive revenue to be able to get me there. The revenue is secondary, get me over there. One of the other things I really love about the business I, I run is that I get to get to, uh, I get to go to cool places, meet really cool people um, and have a holiday at the same time and somebody else is paying for it. So that's brilliant. So the revenue is not important as long as I'm out there enjoying myself and having okay. that. You just want to have twice as much fun and spread the word twice as much. Absolutely. Good, good. So um, I also noticed in the questionnaire you filled out that you're you're thinking about writing a book or in the process thereof or? Um, I am probably about eight tenths the way into writing the book. So I've actually finished the first draft. Uh, I'm now going back through it, finishing that off um, and, and making sure that the, the wording is exactly the way I want it. So it's about eight tenths way through. So, and that's going to be the story, the book of the story. Um, and obviously in that story, there's going to be some insights into my thoughts, my, the way I process stuff. Um, but it's a really insightful book about what happened for that three hours that I was on the ground what happened during my recovery um, and how I went back to work full time, no restrictions, back into Star Group doing exactly the same that I did before. Um, so that'll be the book of the story. And as soon as I finish that, then I've got to write the book of the philosophy of human durability, how to optimal performance. Sounds like it, it will be a good read. Um, I hope so. so. Yeah. So any uh, any last minute thoughts? Uh, Anything I should have asked you and forgot to that uh, you want to cover? Uh, listen, the, um, the one thing that I would like to pass on to people is probably the mantra I have for uh, human durability. And the mantra is just the mindset that I have about everything that I do. Um, I know it worked for me during the shooting, but it wasn't until after the shooting that I realized it was actually in place. And I now realize that it actually affects me in everything I do in my life. And that mantra is a four-step mantra, and it's stay strong, 
physically, mentally, and emotionally. Stay strong. That's about knowing what your goal is and being passionate about your goal and wanting to achieve it. It doesn't have to be a, a massive drive. Just it has to be that wanting to achieve it. So stay strong physically, mentally, and emotionally. Find a system and it's the system that works for you. The way I dealt with that shooting was um, individual to me. Nobody else having described it to so many people, nobody else would have done it the same way. But nobody else does your life the same as you do. But your life is successful so far and got you to where you are because of the system that works for you, your way of doing things. Once you know what your system is, the third step is immerse yourself in it. Absolutely, just work it, work it, work it. And the fourth step is tweak it. If it starts to amplify and starts getting better and you can see it getting better, work out what you're doing well, pick out that little part of the system and leverage it. If it starts to plateau um, and it's just sort of imbalance, maybe that's time to go away and take a holiday or whatever it is. But if it starts to decline, that's where we just need to tweak it just that little bit. Um, it's not about throwing the whole system out, it's about just tweaking it to bring it back on track. So it's stay strong, find the system, work the system, and then be prepared to tweak the system, right? Be vulnerable enough to change. Great, That's uh, I, I, there's not much left to be said after that. I, <laughs> I can certainly say, you know, I, uh, I talk to a lot of people and they all have their own unique and, and interesting story. Yep. Uh, usually in the conventional matter of things, though those stories are have some similarities about them, but I've gotta be honest here, I've never, heard this story uh, before, and, and uh, <laughs> even though it was, uh, uh, I'm sure, a tragic and, and emotional event that it's your, uh, uh, with your attitude toward it and, and the experience and the way you help handle that experience has put you in a, a good place in life and, and also have the ability to help many others. So I appreciate you sharing that with us. It's been an absolute pleasure, Brian. Really okay. enjoyed talking to you. All right. Thanks, Derek.